Welcome to Decapod, where every week we look at different decades and look at the pop culture within those decades. But today, we have got for you a very special bonus episode. If you are listening to this on the day of the release, it is Valentine's Day. So I'm going to say happy Valentine's Day to the magnificent and mighty host of the show, Emma Morgan. Hi, happy Valentine's Day. Yep, and we know that you are a super duper fan of Valentine's Day. That's right, isn't it? No, not at all. Not at all. Um, I think it's really overhyped and overpriced shite that gets peddled out to us. And at the minute, I'm actively um, in a campaign um, supporting other people who are single to still find a way to celebrate it, but to celebrate themselves and celebrate the fact that they are single and basically pour scorn at anybody who should be in a couple and wants to celebrate it. That last bit's not true. If you're in a couple and you're celebrating Valentine's, that's wonderful and that's beautiful and you enjoy it. Uh, I mean, a couple, well, it's a married couple, don't really I thought celebrate. Was you're in a couple of relationships then. Well, you know, less said about that, the better. Um, are we still doing the Patreon bit? Or can the wife hear this? The um, wife can hear this. One, I'm only married. There's no one else, but we don't celebrate Valentine's Day. We occasionally buy a card. We don't predetermine it. It's just now and again, if I happen to see one, I think, oh, that looks cheerful. I'll do yeah. that. And that's, I think that's the better way to be about it. The bit that winds me up about some people in couples is it becomes a fucking competition. That's not what it's supposed to be about. It's, it's like this thing of, oh my God, my husband gave me this, 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 and this, and this. Wow, my husband is taking me to the Maldives. And, and it's like, that's the bit I don't like about it because you're losing what the spirit of that is supposed to be. If it's genuinely a moment where you share why you appreciate each other, or even like you go, if I notice a card and it feels like good, you know, a good one to get, then I will get it. That's all that's all good. And also, like for the poor people that are kind of like, listen, if I didn't have Valentine's Day, I would have no way to remember to celebrate things. Again, I think that's fine. It's, you know, it is what it is, but it's just the competition. It's that kind of the social media kind of must get this onto Facebook, must let everybody show how much that person loves me because they've done this on one day of the year. And the thing that I always used to say when I was in a relationship is, fuck off Valentine's Day and be there for me every single day. (laughs) Be supportive and remind me that you want to be with me across the year. And I don't give a shit about all that stuff on Valentine's Day. I mean, that sounds like a lot of work. I know. I mean, full years any... worth. Do you get I Valentine's know. Day off? So it's like yeah. three, six, four days a year. Yeah, that. Yeah, that's actually what I should do. So, future Mister Emma, that's what. That's the deal. Is um, you get one day off a year from this, and uh, that's Valentine's Day, and that's my present to you. It's quite a good present, to be fair. <laughs> I mean, fucking recording a Valentine's Day, even I'm not getting that day off at me. Um, I mean, we intentionally argue on Valentine's Day just to spite it. It's like, how can I piss my wife off today? I know, I've got a list. It's like that. But anyway, we are we are celebrating Valentine's Day today. Um, happy Valentine's Day if you're listening on Valentine's Day. I hope you're having a wonderful time, despite all Emma's misery and scorn being poured on you. Hope that if you are uh, in a, a loving relationship, uh, you have a wonderful day. Don't forget to buy each other some roses or like just kiss and cuddle or, or whatever. If you are single happily or whatever, then, you know, 
enjoy our magical list because we have done our top 10 romance films. Uh, uh, if we have, then I've done the wrong list. Well, when I said to you about doing romance films and you said we didn't want to do romance films, you wanted to do something else, I thought you were joking. No. So what have you done? Action. Yeah, I've done action too. <laughs> How many people do you think we tricked with that little performance? Oh no. Some people are very excited. Other people have gone, well, this is not the romantic ambiance I was expecting for my romantic dinner today. Yes, we are rebelling against Valentine's Day with uh, with the, the might that is action films. It does amuse me slightly. Did you choose action films because you actively dislike them and you actively also dislike Valentine's Day, so you're just lumping the two together? I just thought it seemed funny. It's the opposite to Valentine's Day, yeah. blowing people up. And I, we, it's too soon since we did horror. Horror would have been perfect, but we just did that at Halloween. We could have done like a subgenre of horror. Could have oh. done. There's all kinds of subgenres. I know. Romance horror. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, no. Let's not go there. <laughs> <laughs> let's not go there. Um, all right. Well, how much fun did you have creating your top ten action films? Because we've done the top ten of all time, haven't we? Again, rather than narrowing it down to a specific decade. Yes. Good. Good. Yes, that's what we've done. Um, well, I mean, how much fun can you have in two minutes to look at the top 100 and pick 10 out of it? I mean, mine's taken me two weeks. It hasn't <laughs> been fun. I've not enjoyed it in the slightest. I've, I've decided we do a lot of top 10s on these shows. I dislike them <laughs> mightily. It's, it's hard picking a top 10, and I haven't been able to. I chose a top 32. And then I had to narrow it down and I got down to about like a top 20, top 17, and I was still really struggling. So I've just put loads of caveats on my top 10 and I've put like, so there's only one uh, lead. So uh, it's not really a spoiler, but Arnold Schwarzenegger's in, in one of them. Uh, so he's on, I've only picked one Schwarzenegger film. I tried to pick uh, a selection from a different decades. I've tried to pick ones that have different subgenres. So whether it's superhero or thriller or um drama or crime so i've kind of i've stuck with the action the spine is action but i've just tried to spice it up a little bit but yeah and to be fair it was fun doing it until i had to actually break it down into a top 10 i know and my list breaks near enough all of your rules <laughs> well these are rules for me uh, that's fine yeah because I, I had a harder time with this one than i did with the horror uh, and I think it's because with horror, there's just like loads of singular films. I'm like, I love that. I love that. I think these, they're, they're bunched together. There's a lot of, I think there's a lot of, um, oh, what's the word? Not series, but um, franchises around action films as well, where you've got one or two really good ones in each franchise, which is interesting. Uh, what I will also say as well is um, we are also, if you are uh, listening on Valentine's Day, we also have a second show coming out today, which is coming out exclusive to Patreon, which is our top 10 erotic thrillers. Uh, how much fun did you have doing your research for your top 10 erotic thrillers? I would let you know when that's, once I start it. <laughs> I have one question. I have one question. What's the line that gets crossed from erotic thriller to porn? Um, clunge. Cl- clunge. <laughs> right, okay. 
And on that point, we'll return back to action films. But yeah, um, <laughs> the top 10 erotic thrillers will be in our Patreon that is released at the same day as this on the, the 14th of February to, to really celebrate Valentine's Day with the two most important things, action and apparently clunge. <laughs> That's what matters. Um, all right, so uh, we haven't discussed this as usual, but are we going to go with uh, Decapod rules? Yeah. Formerly known as Commode rules? Yeah. Who is going first, then, you or I? Um, I... Um, I think it's fair, because you like the, the film thingy first, I'll go first, because then you get to end on your favourite. The show will end on your favourite. You put a lot more thought into this stuff than I do. <laughs> a lot more thought. I'm just going to do that as Terry's random question. That can count as that. Oh, good. Oh, good. Yeah. A uh, new feature for the show was Terry's random question. And today's is, are you going first or not? Which provoked quite a lot of thought, a weird expression, and a lot of explanation for just a, yeah, I'll go first. So, right, okay. I'll let you kick off with your, t- uh, what is it, 10 to 6 then? Okay, 10 to 6. So, number 10, we've got Top Gun. Top Gun. It's not on my list, which um, means we can talk about it. Cool. So I would have seen, I think I was far too young to have seen this when I first saw it. So I have um, a brother who's six years older than me. So, and I remember he, him and his best friend was super duper into planes because where we grew up, we were right near a load of RAF bases. So we used to get lots of low flying RAF planes go. So they were a bit obsessed with planes. They got Top Gun, um, or he got bought Top Gun for Christmas, but I was always in the way being a pain in the backside (laughs) funny that um so definitely remember watching it from about five or six because i think it came out in 88 but as i've got older and sort of revisited i think there is a bit where you see tom cruise's penis um if you time it with the pause correctly i'm pretty sure um that happens when you come out shower anyway when i think of action films i do kind of think like there's always like cheesy kind of lines there's action <laughs> so this film has definitely got it's got cheesy lines it's got that kind of bromancy thing they've got that goofing around there's a love interest and and then they go and fight planes and uh, fight planes fly planes um really sexily and sort of do loop loop de loops um, and do lots of i don't know interesting things to sort of win a war that they probably didn't need to be in in the first place, but they go off and, and win it. And that's why it's it's in my list because it, it's probably one of the first action films of that ilk I saw. And Tom Cruise is probably one of those kind of think of action films. He's probably one of the actors you think about being in it. And I still cry at um, a crucial moment in the film. And a few years ago, so there's a place in Birmingham that does outdoor cinema stuff and they showed Top Gun. And on the Facebook sort of feed, there's a picture of me and I've got um, tears rolling down my cheeks for little Goosey. I, um, I'm really proud of you that you didn't divulge the bit you cried over. Yeah. But I, I when you were saying about action films and what makes them, we probably should have spoke about that at the start. For me, I looked up a few different definitions, but... I think my definition is probably the thing that they all had in common is that A, there needs to be action, and B, there needs to be some kind of hero figure. 
Yeah. And I think as long as I've got them to, it counts as an action film, which, but Top Gun itself, weirdly, I've never been that big a fan of. Um, I don't dislike it. I don't look, you know, I could watch it again, but I just, I've never overly enjoyed it. And I think I'm not always a big fan of Tom Cruise as well, which mm-hmm. isn't always great. I have nothing against Tom Cruise, just, it's not my character. It's like there's a new film coming out. Is it Maverick? A new Top Gun film yeah. called Maverick. I've just absolutely got zero desire to go and see it. Nothing against the, the film itself, just not my cup of tea. I don't think I'm that bothered about that one either. But I tell you the bit where I tell you the bit that I love, but in particular, I love I love the start. I think it's from that ilk of films where that starting music, so that. And it's kind of like, and then all of a sudden it's like fucking Van Halen. And like, that is, that's a good soundtrack. And I have that on my, um, on my on my headphones when I go running and stuff like that. And I have um Danger Zone, um, good old Kenny Loggins as well. And I do think that really makes that film is that it has got the most amazing soundtrack that's explained and i definitely get goose bumps when that uh, song starts playing but i yeah i don't know it's um i i really like it sexy pilots are you putting that in your erotic thrillers as well <laughs> <laughs> um your face when he said goosebumps it's brilliant <laughs> uh, just just checking i got it <laughs> yeah we're, we're all right there um i I'm, yeah. I'm not much to add to Top Gun, I'm afraid. Uh, good That's choice. Fine. Good choice, I think, is a popular one. It's just just not for me. What, what's your number nine, then? Um, my number nine is The Dark Knight. Uh, Batman, The Dark Knight. Uh-huh. Excellent choice. Not on my list, but excellent choice. Um, so I wanted this one because one of the things that I'd written down next to my thing of when I think of um, action films, I think something else. This one isn't necessary for an action film to happen, but I always think they need to have a good baddie. Now, could you possibly tell me many better baddies than Heath Ledger's Joker? Because probably not. So he's that kind of force you know, that that's why we need the hero is because you've got this absolute psychopath out and about that, that needs bringing in. So um, I wanted it for that. And I kind of like, I like Nolan's Gotham and that world and how he kind of did it and brought Batman into a real world setting almost. Yeah, I, I did really like The Dark Knight. I think it was the best of that trilogy. Uh, I agree with you. I like the way Nolan did it. I'm not always a big Nolan fan. Uh A little bit stuck up his own arse at times. And also the thing I struggle with Nolan, my hearing's not great. So when his music is that loud, that I can't hear what they're saying anyway. Really struggle. But really enjoy The Dark Knight. I agree with you in that you take the Joker or at least take Heath Ledger out of it. It's nowhere near as good. Mm -hmm. It's nowhere near as good. That's not a criticism of anyone else. That's more just how awesome his performance was. Uh, so yeah, completely agree with that. I love the Dark Knight. It's not in my list, but it didn't pop up to me at first. It's weird because I, when I do these top tens, I kind of I write down the ones I can think of, not necessarily in order. Then I go and look at a lot of other lists and just think, oh yeah, that one. Oh, I forgot this one, and this is one of the ones I didn't think of. I don't associate with it being an action film, but it is clearly. But what I also saw when I saw this and started looks like superhero films are kind of the new action films. Yeah. 
Now, they've got their own label, obviously, superhero films, but it's like they are the new action films, and I know a lot of people dislike that, but, but yeah. But no, this is a brilliant film. I think all the characters are great. I'm not so keen on, on Batman's voice. Um, <laughs> but, you know, it's a, yeah, it's a great film. Um, great trilogy, actually. I know that the third one got a lot of stick. Uh, what's the third one called? Can you remember? Because I've forgotten them. Um, Dark Knight Rises. Oh. Um, yeah, I, that got a lot of stick, but I even <laughs> like that one. Did that annoy you that I knew that? Well, no. I just wondered why you, I thought, oh, when you looked down, I thought, I wonder if that's coming later on your list. I, no, it's not. No. <laughs> I wonder why. But yeah, no, good shout. Batman the Dark Knight, good shout. Excellent. Um, okay, so my number eight is a film I've discussed previously on this, and I know you've not seen it, and there's no chance you'll have gone off to see it since we spoke about it, and that's Kung Fu Hustle. <laughs> no, I haven't seen <laughs> Kung Fu Hustle. Um, I did double check. It has got action tagged on it on IMDb. I'm not doing this for a mess about. It was on another top 100 foot. I'll just double check it. It's definitely there. Um, Yeah, so there won't be too much discussion on this, I guess. And I have spoke about this on a previous episode. But it's interesting when you were kind of saying, well, I'll move other stuff into that. I think you sort of talked about martial arts. But I got excited when I saw this because I like, of course it's an action because they're fucking fighting like for about 50% of this film at least, you know. And actually the fight, the fight sequences in it are stunning and they're kind of like so different. So we think about American actions with like, or guns and stuff like that but then the actual art form of martial arts still action still kicking the shit out of each other and um, but just in a very different way so it it pleased me that it got the action tag to it and then has obviously got this amazing comedy element and like you sort of saying about there's a hero figure there is a really clear hero figure in this um and he's got that he's also got a bit of a best pal sidekick type of thing maybe we're in an action film uh, we've just not got to the action bit yet so yeah so Kung Fu Hustle um, one of my favourite films of all time very excited it got the action tag well I can't say so much about that but I can say what you were saying about the, the genres and that I think that the three you said there is a good example because if I was categorising them now obviously I've not seen Kung Fu Hustle but I can take guess uh, Top Gun for me I would literally just categorise as action I wouldn't put anything else in it mm-hmm. um, Dark Knight Rises would be action slash superhero slash potential even fantasy yeah. Kung Fu Hustle probably be action slash martial arts and I think that's what I've done with mine it's been right I don't just want all just action let's put an action superhero let's put an action martial arts and try to to do it up like that so I think it's a weird category like that. You know, there's that many subgenres. So you think of the others, the, every other category has got subgenres, but action seems to be the one that you can put in almost anything. I haven't done this uh, because I couldn't quite justify it. Um, I nearly did, considered it. Uh, Roddy Rabbit. <laughs> it's full of action and it's got a it hero. Is. But when I did check, it wasn't listed as uh, action. And I thought, if it had been listed as action, I might have even put it in my top 10, just as like, um, it says it, and it's awesome. No, you've got a stronger case for that than you did for a certain other film. So, uh, yeah, that would have (laughs) have probably come with you on that. Maybe we could have campaigned together to get that added. Anyway. Yes. Uh, Number seven. Number seven, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. 
would it surprise you or would you believe me or whatever the phrase is if I said I didn't have it on my list? I think if that one's not, there's a different indie film on yours. Okay. Uh, go on, talk about Indiana Jones and not least The Last Crusade because yeah. that one's not on my list. Uh, yeah, so you can't think, I mean, if I sort of said you sort of think of um, Tom Cruise when you think of action, I mean... We know who's the the granddaddy of action, and that's Harrison Ford, and mainly for this role. And um, similar to you, I would have quite liked a Star Wars on there, just so I could talk about his tight trousers in that. However, I'm a bit more the I think it's bit leans more to like a Star Wars. Star Wars, yeah, of course, it leans more towards sci-fi, sci-fi and fantasy. But yes, um, so but he's obviously known for indiana jones and this is this and weird that you've mentioned roger rabbit actually because i can never remember which one it is but it's either roger rabbit or last crusade first film i ever saw at the cinema whichever one it is i'm so happy that that's my first film that i saw at the cinema so but this one's got everything hasn't it so it's got your bona fide hero in the middle and he does nothing but action. All right, I think at the start of this one, he's teaching, but then he goes off and he's, yeah, he can't help. I mean, I think even going home, he, like people jump on him and try and attack him and he can't go anywhere without getting in a fight and things like that. But it's what I really love about it. It has got those pithy kind of lines, those smart Alec lines. Um, and as much as I'm a feminist, I would, drop my feminist knickers if um, Harrison Ford turned up at my place with a whip. They'd <laughs> be like, yeah, whatever. I've got my feminist T-shirt on as well. It's uh, insulting to it. But, um, yeah. Uh, yes, please talk. Stop me. <laughs> Why would I stop that? That's like pure gold. I, I know I'm a feminist, but I would drop my feminist knickers if Harrison Ford turned up with a whip. That's a quote that I'm putting on the cover. I'm not putting any pictures up. Just that. I mean, to be fair, I'd probably drop my feminist knickers as well if that era of uh, Harrison Ford turned up. Um, Weirdly, and this is something that I cannot explain, genuinely cannot explain. I'm not that big of an Indiana Jones fan. I will will say now that no Indiana Jones appears nowhere on my list. Um, for two reasons. One, I do enjoy the films much more than a, not in the same way that I said about Top Gun, whereas I didn't really get on with Top Gun at all. But I do like Indiana Jones films, but I would struggle to like bang the trilogy on and watch them back to back. It's just, I, and I don't really know why, because they are the sort of films that I should love. They really are. And, and I, again, I do enjoy them, but I, I don't know why I don't quite click with them. Uh, but I think the second reason is. Definitely an action film, 100%. But I, in my brain, I kind of view it more as like an adventure than, yeah. than action. I think if I was doing a top 10 adventure films, it's potentially going to get in. I don't know. It's a weird one. I've, I've, I have a weird relationship with a lot of films. A lot of films. But there are some great things throughout the entire series of Indiana Jones. And it, it was one that I'd say considered putting in. And when I was going through the phase of debating, do I put a franchise in? It's like, do I put the... The whole Indiana Jones franchising, or do I not bother? I mean, having said that, I did actually like the um, the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, which no one else seemed to. 
Sorry. I don't think it's my favourite. I think... Um, I don't it's know. It's not even Harrison Ford's favourite. <laughs> <laughs> Just because it's not Harrison Ford's favourite doesn't mean it can't be mine. I don't think check all my film choices with him. Wow. I don't think he'd reply to me. He might. Dear Mr. Ford, is it acceptable that I like this film? Also, my friend Emma thinks you're cute. <laughs> have you got? Have you still got your whip? <laughs> um, I'll be sure to mention that if we ever have a chat. Yeah, please do. Um, I tell you the only thing I don't like about it, and again, I've, oh no, have we talked about this on the, I don't think we have talked about this on the podcast before because it's 80s, isn't it? Um, I don't quite like all the, everybody loves Sean Connery in that. And all junior. I don't like that. It goes a bit, although it is quite funny when he's in the sidecar. And it's also quite funny when the fire, the fire thing happens and they're tied up and stuff like that. But I think he overhams that. And I feel like he steals Harrison's thunder a little bit. Not for the benefit of the film either, but and then there's a whole thing of oh, did you know he played his dad, but he's only four years older than him in real life. <laughs> and it's just like, yeah, right, whatever. I don't know how to respond to that. <laughs> <laughs> I just I think I agree, but maybe not quite in those words. But it has got one of the best lines in it, which is the whole no ticket. I love that bit. I love that bit when they're on the big, what's those great big balloony planes called? Hot air balloon. No, a balloony plane. Like, I don't know. I don't know what they're called, um, but they're on that basically. And um, he gets in a fight because he's Indiana Jones. And um, I think he throws people off it and it's like, no ticket. Um, I love that line. I'm annoyed because yeah. I can't remember what it's called myself now either. And it's on like the tip of my tongue. I want to say blimp. I think, yeah, no, because I don't know. Um, someone write in and tell us what that is, please. Um, yep, um, same address as when you're sending in people for me to assess to see if they're up to my standards. <laughs> so Which, far there's been none. No, I know. Don't, because my self-esteem's low, and the fact that nobody's writing in is not helping me out, if I'm going to be honest, so let's not bring that up. I haven't given my address out, so <laughs> there's nowhere to write to. <laughs> no, but yeah. Check the show notes for my address, ladies and gents, and uh, send in your love letters for Emma to help with Valentine's wanted, Day. There's plenty of ways to send a message to this show. People know if they wanted to, they could. So it's fine. It's absolutely we, fine. We also accept telepathic messages. There's a fucking Facebook group that can message. I'm sorry. And there's a page. There you go. There's oh. the promotion for that. <laughs> <laughs> now looking forward to when this comes out and the Facebook group just being floods of posts. Emma, will you marry me? Emma, will you have my babies? Emma, can I spit on your face? All this stuff. So, no, no, maybe. Right. Cool. Uh, <laughs> Asterix bring whip. Um, okay. Anyway, Indiana Jones. Uh, number six. Indiana, number six. Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. Indiana Jones and the <laughs> Temple of Doom. Is this your last Indiana Jones? <laughs> or did you get that short on films <laughs> that you had to put the trilogy in? Is the kingdom, or is it the, the kingdom of the crystal skull, skull, is that in there? Are they doing another Indiana Jones film? 
Yeah, it's supposed to be. I I get it's really weird, isn't it? He seems to be revisiting all of his iconic characters and um with that well, I'll leave that there. Um, weird slash profitable. Yeah. Well oh, oh that sounded like a jibe at him. No, I would take that money as well. Here, Harrison, have twenty billion pounds to come back for this final episode of uh Star Wars. Just just for 10 minutes, have all these millions. Like, yeah, all right, I'll do that. I can't watch that um, Star Wars film. Well, I've done it, you. Also, spoiler alert for the final episode of Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Oh, I can watch that one. I can't watch the other one he's in. Right. Do not say why. Because <laughs> we're trying not to be too spoiler on this show. Okay, should I talk about um, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom instead? You can talk about it. Fire away. Right, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom is actually my favourite Indiana Jones film. It's often most people's least favourite, but it genuinely is my favourite. I think it's because I had it on video. Um, and I just sometimes think that when you have something on video, that's why it becomes your favourite as a kid, because it's the one you've got and the one you like to watch. But... It's so different to the others. So it starts off with that great big sort of musical number um, where Willie is um, singing. It is Willie, isn't it? The woman. I'm sure she's called Willie. That doesn't ring a bell. The Willie doesn't ring a bell. Um, so you've kind of got her as the singer and then again he's out for dinner and then someone tries to poison him uh, but he has to get the antidote and then it's like but that's great it's like this musical number but then that all like goes into chaos you've got the cute kid short round driving the car for him because he's now apparently been brought in uh, who is also aka data from the goonies um so you've got you've got him in there as well and I really love oh, <laughs> I really love Willie. <laughs> On our last Patreon special, ladies and gentlemen, Emma said she loved cock. Now she's saying she loves Willie. She tones it down for the normal podcast. <laughs> in the character um because she is really she's funny and it's this thing of if i was going to be an indiana jones girl in a film i would probably have wanted to be her because she can sing she's really and she's really funny and stuff like that but she's also just like the worst person to have with you <laughs> when you're encountering other things because she can't do anything she's absolutely rubbish she's scared of all the creepy crawlies and things like that she doesn't even want to sort of get on the elephant at the start and things like that and she's got some really good comedy moments um and it's really funny that you said you can't put the trilogy on back like back to back and you wouldn't think about that because my friends used to come over specifically to watch the Indiana Jones films and my best friend who I had boozy lunch with yesterday we can still make each other laugh so there's the bit where he goes to the African um village is it African village is it an African village that I, my Indiana Jones trivia knowledge isn't up to standard I have terrible geography so apologies if I've got that wrong but anyway, they go, and obviously the, the someone has taken the stones. So and there's one guy that I spotted, and he's only got 
two lines um, in the whole film, but he delivers them brilliantly. And so me and my friend could still make each other laugh and we could still say, if one of us says his first line, the other person could say his, his second line, back to the one. So all he has is his only lines in the film are, they took the stones from here. <laughs> And then he's only alive, and then he goes, yes. <laughs> and it's probably only me and my friend that will ever find that funny. But there you go. That's for you, Rowan. That is for you. Um, if you are listening to this, she will love it. One person is absolutely losing their shit laughing right now. Okay. Um, the the Temple of Doom, is that the first Indiana Jones film? No, it's the second. Oh. Which one's the first one? Um, Raiders. I think that's my favourite. That's most uh, people's favourite, I think. I think I generally fall towards the first film, if anything. Um, I think I like introductions. Of, you know, we, we've all heard about the, the, the ones that have the better sequels and stuff, but I think I generally fall, fall towards the introductory films. So I think, yeah, I think Raiders is mine then. Um, yeah, I think a lot of people don't like Temple of Doom as well, because it's got the whole a mumshole, a and then that whole like ripping hearts out of chests and things. It's a bit quite dark, isn't it? Um, but yeah, um, definitely needed to be on the list. If I'm gonna be honest with you, it was the last crusade that was like, I've run out, so I'll stick, I'll stick another Indiana Jones in, and it was gonna be that one. But Temple of Doom would have always been on my list. Then I have another question, and we've addressed a similar question to this before. If it was the last crusade where you'd run out, why isn't it at number 10? Why is it at number seven? <laughs> because I wanted the comedy value of having them together. Right, okay. So you have, <laughs> you have ruined the authenticity of your list for this comedy value. <laughs> I have to find a way to amuse myself. <laughs> I try really hard for you. I try really hard. Oh, dear. Anyway, well, I'll tell you what, let's move on to my 10 to 6 then, because there'll be no amusement here. <laughs> yeah, uh, serious. Well, my number <laughs> 10... I like I was going then. <laughs> yeah, it did. Right, we're done. Right, um, uh, my number 10, uh, just to clarify, uh, none of your 10 to 6 were in my top 10 at all. Uh, I did have Indiana Jones in my overall list. Um, of well, 32. because you had like every action film ever made in your list Top Gun, Batman, and Kung Fu Hustle aren't in there. They're in my watered down to 32 list. What I will do actually is on the Patreon special, I will uh, do a little bonus in my full lists uh, at the end. That'll be a nice treat for people. Uh, anyway, my number 10 of the greatest action films of all time John Wick is number mm-hmm. 10. Have you seen John Wick? Is it on your list? I don't I know, know which one you say no to, right? Okay. <laughs> so, um, John Wick was uh, very much a surprise film. I don't know about Tony Oz, but to me, it's like I didn't see it coming. Um, it's got Keanu Reeves in it, and I think it's almost the the film he was made to play, uh, the, the role he was made to play. I know mm. we've said that a couple of times about Keanu Reeves, but he's basically that I can it's not spoilers because it happens early on at the film the whole premise of the film is that his uh, his wife has been killed on oh, no, his wife has died and then people break into his house and they kill his dog and then he's like you don't kill my dog and he goes on this massive rampage and I mean there's a couple of things in play first of all he's obviously then miserable throughout the film because his wife and dog have died 
well, that's Keanu Reeves' speciality. So he plays it down yeah. to a T. The, the action scenes in it are genuinely phenomenal. He's a complete badass without being unbeatable. You know, sometimes yeah. you get those, I think Bond's a little bit like this at times, where he's like, takes on 74 people and doesn't struggle. Mm. Where he does struggle, but he still never looks like he's in proper jeopardy. You always think he's going to come out the other side. And uh, I think the other thing that always appeals to me is like, I like to think that's what I would be like if someone hurt my dog. Mm. Really do like, no. I would go like John Wick on them. I would go mens on them. But, um, but yeah, I put this one in because... It, it, it was in my overall list to begin with. And when I break it down, look at the different types of films. I think John Wick is the only film in my list from, I think, from the 2010s. There's a couple of the Keanu Reeves ones that I might, might have mentioned, but overall, really, really enjoy the film. But you've not seen it. I have not. Right. Okay. In which case, I will move on to my number six. I don't uh, know. Number if, nine. Number, number nine, nine makes more sense. Um, have I got my thing upside down? I uh-huh. have. <laughs> <laughs> um, what she um, said. Uh, oh dear. Right. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> Slight pause. Yeah. Now I don't know if you'll have seen this one. You'll be aware of it. Um, I don't think it'll be on your list. But RoboCop. I have seen it. Um, I hate it. Oh. <laughs> but I'll, I'll let you talk about it, and no. then I'll tell you why I don't like it. Okay. No. I kind of intrigued to know why you don't like it first. Right. Um, so you can remember when we recorded and we had to talk about metamorphosis and how uh, I've got an issue with that. So yes, that element that actually doesn't bother me as much in that because there's kind of like a rational reason for why that that's within control. Uh, but the bit that I really hate about it, and I don't, oh, there's that robot that's designed and it goes out of control and they can't tell it to stop and it just kills them all. Um, I find that ridiculously scary and I am a bit scared of it. That's why I don't have an Alexa. Um, not because I think it's going to shoot me, but because it, like I used to have one and she just starts fucking talking to you like when you've not said anything and I don't like them and I don't like that. And I do think it's a ridiculously violent film, but I've been told the director of the film is renowned for doing very, very kind of over-the-top violent films. And that's it. That's why I don't like it. I don't know about the director thing. On Alexa, the, the scary thing is I kind of I get what you're saying because I'm fairly confident she talks to the ghost lady in the house. <laughs> fairly confident that happens. Uh, but you know the best thing about having an Alexa? I can say to her, Alexa, play Decapod. And she'll start <laughs> playing Decapod. She's going to do it now. No, she's not for room. We're all right. Okay. Oh, she is. I just can't hear her. Um, but, but yeah, I do get the Alexa thing. The the thing about that robot losing control, uh, as a word of advice here, never watch the film Chopping Mall. Now, you do get to see Barbara Crampton's breasts, which are always <laughs> just magnificent and wonderful to see, but it has an out-of-control killer robot. So oh. <laughs> just fast forward to the breasts, but if you want to copy all the Barbara Crampton. But if you do want to see Barbara Crampton's breasts, the best film is Reanimator. You can tell what I've been researching. Right. Um, anyway, what we're we talking about, Robocop. Yes. Okay. I really, really like this film. I genuinely think it stems more back to when I was a kid. It's mm-hmm. that that memory because this was 1987, and I think that, like you said about the the action and the, the the, it's a stupid amount of kills and a stupid amount of gore and, and stuff like that. I probably watched this when I was about ten. I'd have loved it at that point. It'd have been awesome. 
You're looking funny. Is it an 18? Probably. Does he do that funny thing where he shoots between the woman's legs to get the bad guy? Um, it rings a bell now you've said it, but I don't know if that's Robocop or a different film, but now you've I said that, like, I'm having an image of that in my brain. I feel like he shoots between her legs and shoots the guy in the dick. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, um, I don't know. As the only I'm just trying to contribute. <laughs> okay, it's a great film. It's a fun film. Uh, and here's the thing, right? For for a teenage boy, it's a robot and a man. <laughs> it's a robot cop. You couldn't want anything more. It's absolutely brilliant in the, in that kind of eighties action film. And I know you bracket this as like action crime or, or whatever, or maybe even action fantasy, but it's just pure action and it's it's quite sad in places it does trigger those emotions uh when um i forget the the guy's name now but when he's having some memories and getting a bit confused whatever what we'll also say is there's a, a comic book series there's quite a few comic book series around robocop which are absolutely brilliant but yeah robocop's in there i felt like that had to go in uh that would have i think always well i'd have wanted it in my top 10 and like is it a spoiler to say then he turns up in 24 i mean you can't say is it a spoiler to say it and then say it because now I have to ask you if it is then I guess it is if you've not seen 24 hey no I was gonna go I was gonna make it worse I'm not gonna make it well worse. I mean just to clarify Robocop doesn't turn up in 24 <laughs> just for anyone listening if you've never seen 24 if we ever do like a season by season on 24 we're not gonna get season seven no <laughs> fucking Robocop's turned up it's not like that it did turn up in wrestling once, or a WCW wrestling thing. Um, oh, see, if I can remember this right. And this must have been around 87, 88. One of the wrestlers, Sting, we've spoken about previously, uh, was caged. He was put in a cage so he couldn't interfere in this match. Out came Robocop and <laughs> tore the cage apart so Sting could get out. Oh, that's cool. That would be quite exciting. No, it wasn't cool. Huh. Not in the slightest. That sounds exciting. No, because wrestling is meant to be real, and that wasn't. Okay. That's okay. another story another day. We can do a, yeah. a show on top 10 um, stupid wrestling moments. Okay, we're well, um, paging Rob Holden back for that. Okay. Shout out to Rob Holden. I started listening to his podcast. It's awesome. Ah, oh, that's just in a live show of it today. For the that. Leicester Comedy Festival. Yeah. I mean, he's not listening to this, I'm sure, but well done, Rob. <laughs> um, all right. Anyway, that was number uh, nine, wasn't it? So we're now on to number eight because I do my list from one to ten. I'm having to count upwards. Uh-huh. It's a bit harder for me. Uh, anyway, number eight, Enter the Dragon. Oh, okay, Lee. cool. Seen it? Yeah. Yes. On your list? No. Okay, so I had no crossover so far. Uh, Enter the Dragon. This was one of the first sort of proper martial arts films I saw that I, I think it was. Um, I, I do genuinely, I've noticed the most famous Bruce Lee film. I think it's probably, the, in my opinion, the best. I know there's some others there, the, the big ones like the Fist, is it, uh, Fist of Fury and um, uh, Big Boss and those sort of ones. But I, just, I love this. I think it's, uh, there was a later film out uh, when the, the, I don't know if it was the first, but one of the first Mortal Kombat films, which was in the 90s, I think that seemed to be based around this a bit. Mm. But I think that it's, it's probably the first action film I saw that I don't know, it looked real. 
Mm. You know, I think that when they're getting kicked and doing the, the Kung Fu shizzle, it genuinely looks like they're actually that stuff's going on. And Bruce Lee's amazing, not just with his physical prowess, but his acting is phenomenal as well. I genuinely really like Bruce Lee films. Well, and he's stunning as well. I mean, we can't, he is beautiful. No? I think well, he's a gorgeous man. I mean, we've established that I'm not gay, uh, but there are certain people. Uh, Bruce Lee isn't one of them. I don't know. He looks very hard. <laughs> it's those trousers. Yeah, no, just like his whole body. Just like you did. You yeah, could, like, you I know. Use him just, to store things on. Yeah, well, and store something. Um, but I think that thing about the stuff all looks real, I think that was a conscious decision with Kung Fu Hustle when they could have done special effects, they still chose wires, which would have been the same as all the Bruce Lee films. I think so. I think that the, the, the stunts are done themselves. That's because it gives that authenticity when you see it on screen. So it's yeah. like martial arts. It, it really is an art form what they're doing. Yeah. Um, I've not seen, Loads and loads and loads of martial arts films. Um, I've seen some, but not loads. Uh, I think this one is the best I've seen. Yeah. And the Dragon is the best I've seen. However, I was I was torn between two. I wanted to put in uh, definitely a martial arts film, and I was torn between this and Kickboxer, which oh, is okay. Jean-Claude Van Damme. Now, Kickboxer and Bloodsport are both Jean-Claude Van Damme, and the kind of... Similar film, similar premise. What what we're looking at now? This is the poll that I. This is the poll that you ruined, yeah. Um, but they're similar films. But I I think Kickbox is better, if only because Jean Claude Van Damme does a really horrible dance in it, <laughs> which is brilliant. He's trying to do some sort of seductive dance, and it's the worst thing I've ever seen. Um, but it's amazingly funny. But yeah, so I was debating. It's like I think weirdly. I actually enjoy Kickboxer more, but End of the Dragon is definitely a better film. So mm. I thought that that was worthy of a place on my top 10. Um, I just want to give a special shout out to, because I went down, so when I got into Kung Fu Hustle, I went down, there is like a whole genre of Kung Fu comedy movies. And that's really good. I just want to give a real quick shout out to a film called Skinny Tiger, Fatty Dragon. And they are <laughs> a cop duo. <laughs> and it's brilliant. So if anybody likes sort of quirky stuff, go find that film. I used to have it on DVD. It's absolutely brilliant. Okay. Uh, and my number seven from 1971 was Dirty Harry. Oh, not on my list, not seen it. Um, I would have, uh, this is interesting because this is going to have another tag because I would have never put this as an action. Uh, I, I was expecting to make a joke about Dirty Harry. Shouldn't that be on your erotic thrillers list? I was expecting that joke, but you know, clearly not. Um, definitely an action film. It's a, it's 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 a lot of crime in it. You know, it's that that cop thing. But it's, I, it's, it's I thought it was the wrong film. Sorry. What are you thinking of? <laughs> it's not a western. No. Are you thinking of a fistful of dollars? <laughs> yeah. Right. Okay, yeah. No, do you feel lucky, punk? It's not that. It is that one. Oh. <laughs> Yes, Dirty Harry is Do You Feel Lucky Punk, but it's not a Western. <laughs> a Fistful of Dollars is a Western, but it doesn't have Do You Feel Lucky Punk. I'm just going to let you talk about it then. Right, okay. <laughs> um, it's 
It's weird because when I, I go back and, and I said I look at some lists to try and see if there's anything I missed, this was one I hadn't thought of. Mm-hmm. And it was like, I love that film. I'm going to go back and re-watch it. And I re-watched it sort of specifically for this. Like, it's a phenomenal film. It's one of the best sort of crime slash cop films ever. And it's it's jam. I mean, it's listed as action, but it's jam-packed of action from start to finish. And yeah, it's just, I think like straight away ranked it as nine out of 10 on my, um, my letterboxd account that I do for, for us as Decapod. And obviously all the rankings are representative of Decapod, not just me. Um, yeah, it's an absolute brilliant film. It goes on, it's, Clint Eastwood is, I, I would say he's underrated as an actor. Mm. I think people don't speak about him enough as one of the greatest. I think he's, I know that he's largely kind of gone the same sort of character and the same sort of role, but he plays it brilliantly. And in this is superb. You know, it starts off, there's a bit kind of the beginning where there's a do you feel lucky punk line. It's like, you know, you've got to be asking yourself, do you do five shots or six? And then it does all that. And then it, it does it again right at the end. Um, I'm trying not to do spoilers for a 1971 film, but if you haven't seen it, I recommend you go watch it. But yeah, it's um, it's a bit of a hood. I like the premise of it as well, because I think a lot of films have kind of been built on this premise going forward. So the, the premise of the film starts off with a sniper shooting someone or killing someone and leaving a note saying, I'm going to kill someone every day until I get this um, money, which was $100,000. <laughs> I'm like, oh, oh wow! I know it reminded me of uh, Austin Powers. Yeah. One million, um, but and then one hundred billion. But a hundred thousand dollars. But it's like you think about how many films now have that sort of premise, where it's we're going to do this every day until something happens, or you know, got to try mm. and then catch the bad guy. I don't necessarily think that was the first one to do it, but it's it's the first one that stands out to me, and. I think the other interesting thing was they take quite a quick detour away from that specific thing. And actually then that makes it more interesting. But uh, yeah, really, really love this film. And I'd forgotten how much until I A, read it and then B, went and rewatched it. But yes, if you haven't watched Dirty Harry, um, I think you get it on Amazon Prime for like two quid or something like that. It's well worth it. Excellent Mm -hmm. film. Any other thoughts on Dirty Harry or Fistful of Dollars or... Is um, Clint Eastwood Dirty Harry? Yeah. Right, okay. Do you know why they call him Dirty Harry? Is he a dirty cop? No, it's because they give him every shitty job to do. Oh, uh, okay. It kind of plays into that at first, like, you know, he's going to be a dirty cop, but I suppose he is a little bit, you know, he doesn't play by the rules. <laughs> he's not a, a dirty cop as such, although it kind of finishes that way, but anyway, whatever. Um. All right, cool. So that is my number seven. Uh, 10, 9, 8, so yes. So number six uh, is a 1988 classic. Uh, you'll be surprised at this one, I think, um, but it's the one you've been looking forward to talking to the most. Oh. And number six, we have Die Hard. Okay, well, oh, oh, okay, right, yeah, go. Why are you genuinely not looking forward to talking about Die I Hard? Just, I don't know. I feel like it's now built up more and more. Um, it's just always... It's always been one of those films where the second I've said I've never seen it, mainly ex-boyfriends, they absolutely lose their shit. What do you mean you've not seen Die Hard? How could you not see Die Hard? Die Hard's one of the best films I've ever made. And I'm sorry, I am of that personality where if you say something like that to me, I ain't going to watch it. And I contemplated watching it for this. And then I thought, no, because I'm going to be true to myself. And I've not watched it for this long. <laughs> if someone will have to pay me a hundred thousand dollars, 
interested. Well, that seems to easy. Watch it. But uh, I don't know. I think I give it more hate than it deserves. And I would, I reckon, if it had just been one of those films that I had seen because my dad had it, because my dad loved action films, there's no real reason why he didn't get that particular one. I would love it just as much as everybody else. And it's just kind of become this big thing. But the thing that has now added even more to it, and we talked about this in the Christmas episodes, is I fucking hate the whole Christmas debate. I fucking hate it. It's just, and not even again, I don't even care if it is a Christmas film. It's the absolute hard on people get from, from saying, well, it's just a Christmas film. It is a Christmas film. I'm like, yeah, stop having a wank about it and just watch it and shut the fuck up. And I don't know why I got so aggressive then, and I am sorry. <laughs> I mean, do you want me to have the wank now? Do you want me to finish the show first? I, I, I don't know where to go with this. I mean, I'll have to press, you know, stop recording, I think, because Patreon don't need to see that. They're not paying for that shit. <laughs> You're not the one saying it. <laughs> I was saying it to a hypothetical person in my brain. Okay, right. So you've got a hypothetical person in your brain having a wank over dyad. Awesome. Yeah, cool. I just think the sure just like continues to impress me. Yeah. Um, and I don't know why I don't like Bruce Willis that much, apart from in the fifth element. Um okay, so I'm not gonna go. Well, I feel like you about... should. I feel like you should though, because every list I looked at, it was the number one action film. So well, no. I will shut up. The the reason I'm not going to bang on about it so much because we have spoke about it a lot already. We've spoke about because we spoke about Die Two and Three uh, during the nineties. We spoke about it during the Christmas films. Uh, so I don't need to dwell on it too much. But I just think the one thing I will say is the actors, it's the characters. They're all superb. I know you say you don't like Bruce Willis so much, but. He's absolutely, as John McClane is phenomenal. Is I think that's what it, the ultimate thing it boils down to is that the Bruce McClane character is that, is the, the perfect American cop that you would want in that sort of film. You know, is I mentioned about um, uh, John Wick being vulnerable. It's clearly vulnerable. You know, it's vulnerable, but you, you always feel like he's going to pull it off. He's, he's the underdog that comes through. Um, the, I think that's the ultimate thing. But then you've got the other supporting cast. We've always got Alan Rickman. I forget her name, but the the guy, the lass who plays Bruce Willis, his wife, she's awesome in it as well. She's a brilliant actress. Got the the chap that plays the cop down on the floor. You've got the the weird thing, and I think the thing that spoils it a little bit for me is you have these two buddy FBI cops that come in that start playing really dumb and daft, and it's like it feels like a really serious film. And so you get these two daft FBI cops in that get the names wrong, and it's like it's just goes a bit silly then. Hans Gruber, that was the guy you were thinking of, uh, who um, Alan Rickman played. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, um, yeah, and it's, but all these supporting characters, it's just, I think it's that that makes the film. I think the film itself is really good, but I think if you switch any of those characters out with different actors, it's going to drop down. Mm-hmm. Um, I used to have Die Hard as one of, if not my favourite film of all time. I think that as... As I watch more film and as I get older, I reassess that a little bit, which is why it's sort of number six on here. But it's still an absolutely tremendous, amazing film. I could see a time when I write a top 10 films and put it at number three still. I think, you know, my. But yes, uh, if you do like action films, Die Hard is definitely one to watch if you haven't. But we'll leave that there. Uh, we've spoken a lot about Die Hard, including you saying some very random things about Die Hard. Uh, so that's uh, my top. My 10 to 6 and your 10 to 6. So before we jump into the next ones, uh, let's have a little 
a little shout out to where people can find us. So if uh, you want more Decapod goodness, you can find us on Facebook. Uh, we've got a Facebook page where we keep up to date with the latest news around the show. The fact that we've now gone fortnightly and we've got these bonus shows coming out. You can find out all information out there. And uh, you can also find the Facebook group. Just search for Decapod or head to the show notes. You can find the links over there. Join the Facebook group. There's all kinds of fun polls, some of which get just you know, demolished by certain hosts of the show. Others are attemptedly sabotaged by gets like crossfit polls for random reasons, or ask a genuine question that I'm then proved right at. Whatever. Um, I've won two of these polls now. I put twelve up and I've won two. But yeah, the deck above this group, lots of fun uh, little community stuff over there. And we've even got, I believe, I didn't know it was happening, but it appears to have been announced some kind of live show coming up. Um, so check out the Facebook group for that. Uh, I also want to take a moment. To uh, give a big thank you because this week we hit the um, as we're recording this week hit the big milestone of one thousand downloads, which uh, is just a number, but it's a number I'm mighty proud of and I think impressed with. So if you've taken the time to listen to this show, want to say thank you and uh, go tell everyone else how awesome slash horrible it is. Um, but that is where you can find us. Uh, I'm going to throw it over to you to tell people why they should sign up to Patreon. Oh, because Patreon is where we like have like even more fun and frolics, and we do all the stuff that you know, we used to do those um, special episodes of BBC comedies, and it was so too rude for TV. Um, that's what our Patreon's all about. Not that it's rude. Well, my episode's quite rude because it talks about men I'd like to sleep with. But then we do other things, like we talk about the nineties um, seasons of Friends. Uh, we've just done. Um, season two you also get to sort of come on and have a show <laughs> i can't wait but we need to like get these going because i can't wait i just can't wait for it because i'm going to be really salty um see <laughs> just uh, be really spicy um and so you get to kind of come and do that and then also we put you can actually see us with your eyes uh, because the videos go up in there as well. So you get to see my expression and you get to see my knowing looks when I'm making a pun. Well, why wouldn't you sign up for that? Uh, yeah. You also get little bonus random treats like when I did uh, the Spider-Man spoiler special. So you get little bonus treats in there as well. Uh, as well as, as we're recording this, the top 10 erotic thrillers will be going up in Patreon as well. So you can search for Decapod on Patreon. I can go to the links in the show notes. That's £5 a month for all of that goodness. Um, I think that about covers it for Patreon, doesn't it? Yeah, it covers it for Patreon. We just need to sort of cycle back to um, the Facebook group. And I haven't said there's going to be a live event. I asked if we did one, would there be interest? That was all. I just asked the question. Okay. Uh, the other, oh, speaking of cycling back, uh, you spoke about how you're going to get sold to people. I think we can find a niche market here. There, there are men that have, and this isn't king shaming, it's out there. There are men that have specific fetishes about being insulted. We can do that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you be, prob- oh, yes. Come and be my sub. That's absolutely fine. There you go. <laughs> we cater for everyone at Decapod. Uh, all right. Anyway. So we've done this 10 to 6s. We have told you where you can find us and where you can find more of us. Um, so shall we go 5 to 1? Let's go 5 to 1. Do you want Do you want to go first? <laughs> yeah. Right. Okay. So I was trying to find where I'd written number 5. Okay. That's why. <laughs>
so my number five is another film that I spoke about before that you haven't seen. And you, I think, um, I'm. this is a direct quote, described this film as sounding like pretentious shit. Uh, but number five, it's Leon. <laughs> yeah. Weirdly, um, I thought you'd said I described it as potentially shit, and then as soon as you said Leon, I realised you meant potentially shit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it did sound that way. Um, I nearly watched it, and then oh. I got distracted by another film that I'll mention that was three and a half hours long. I didn't realise oh. it was long when I started watching it, but but yeah. Um, yeah, so I spoke about it on a previous episode, so I'm not going to linger on it for too long. Um, but I. Again, if we talk about all that, that kind of needs a hero. The title of the film is the name of the hero. It's got, and he's got um, Natalie Portman, a young Natalie Portman, who he must sort of support and sort of take care of. And then you've got one of the most ultimate baddies in film history, who is Gary Oldman. And yeah, again, lots and lots of action. I mean, the guy's a hitman. Um, there's going to be action. And it's, it is, it's really, it's quite a, um, in some ways, it's a fast-paced film. In ways, it isn't. Um, yeah, um, Jean Reno, a French Italian man, because he's can't lose his accent, even though he's playing an Italian, which always amuses me greatly. But um, I would still suggest you go and check it out. I think my description of it makes it sound pretentious. I don't actually think it is. Okay, uh, I can't comment on the one. Yeah, it uh, always. Um... Always makes me sad. Okay, um, number four is Batman. I do just want to touch back on Leon for a second because I'm just thinking that you seem to have taken massive offence of the fact that I said that Leon sounds like pretentious shit despite not having seen it. Yeah, you went on a 17-minute fucking tirade about Dyer despite not having seen it. So you can go on this massive rant about Dyer, but I say two words about Leon and somehow that is wrong. Okay, I just thought I'd raise that. That just struck me. Batman. I mean, at what point did you ever think that I run a fair game? Episode one. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. You should know by now. I'm little sister vibes all over. I'm spoilt little sister. Well, even though I'm older than you, I'm still the spoilt little sister. You just need to learn that. Okay. All right. Batman. Batman. Uh, it's Tim this... Burton one. Right. Uh, Batman Returns. No, Batman. Oh, right. Okay. Um... <laughs> I always forget that he did that one. Yeah. Uh, so... Uh, Oh no, yes. Oh, amazing. So we spoke about Batman Returns, but Batman 1988 again, isn't it? Or 1989. So we haven't spoken about Batman. So, in my humble opinion, Michael Keaton is the best Batman. I won't be taking questions on it. His thighs are amazing. Nobody else should ever don the bat suit other than him. And he's got the best lips um, for kissing when he's got the mask on as well. And I really, I really loved Michael Keaton in this film. But again, and I was, I could have had Batman Returns because I do, I do love that film as well. But I really wanted to include Batman because Heath Ledger is possibly the best Joker of all time. But it's made Jack Nicholson's Joker get completely overlooked almost or kind of like put down, which is really unfair because Jack Nicholson plays a perfect Joker for this Batman world. Heath Ledger plays a perfect Joker for 
the Batman world. He's in. Um, Jack Nicholson is in a comic book. Tim Burton made this Batman world look like a comic book. So it pisses me off when people start trying to compare. They're completely different roles, in my opinion. So just need to sort of put that to rest. But um, yeah, again, it's ultimate action, isn't it? It's kicking with your thighs in the air and doing like somersaults and things like that. And actually what this has got is, well, he's a superhero, I guess, but he has got that takes on 20 henchmen and then still got sort of energy left. And it's interesting because this Joker, he's he hides almost behind the henchmen because if you think about the fight at the end, He's ridiculous. Like he's he's just trying to sort of dodge him a bit, and all he can do is shoot a gun at Batman. That's about all he's got. And then I do love that hammy bit where he's going, "You wouldn't hit a guy with glasses," and I just produce his glasses, you know, and things like that. Um, yeah, and it's got gadgets and the Batmobile, and it's a very good Batman film. That was an absolutely brilliant depiction of Batman. <laughs> I'm really, really mightily impressed with that. I can't add much more to it. I agree with everything you've said there. I think that there's um, the problem we've got is that we've spoke previously about doing like a Batman special where we go right yeah. from the early TV series, the comics, working all the way through. It appears like Magic Degree and everything. <laughs> with that, so that could be, uh, but no, absolutely perfect description of, of Batman, in my opinion. Uh, and I agree completely what you said about the Joker. It's different, it's different Jokers. You know, you put Jack Nicholson's Joker in The Dark Knight and it doesn't work and, and, mm. and vice versa. Uh, the only one poor version of the Joker was Jared Leto's, which was just... Oh, bless. Tripe. Also, I read this somewhere and it's stuck in my head because he's a method actor. So, But why is it that method actors only ever stay in character when they're bad guys? You never get method actors that just go around giving people money because they're right nice people. You'll never stay in character when they're bad guys and send like dead rats through the post and stuff like that. I don't I, I don't think they stay in character that extent. I think Jared Little did, apparently. Oh god. I think he's misunderstood method acting a little bit. <laughs> yes. Either way, um, yeah, uh, good shout, Batman. Um, yeah, good extra film. Not on my list, but good shout. Good. Um, and I'm pleased that I've got away with having Batman in twice, so that's good. Um so Indiana I- Jones in twice as well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was supposed to be, he was like, yeah, I was very careful to not have anything from the same franchise twice. I was like, <laughs> um, right, number three, I'm excited for this one. Um, Beverly Hills Cop. Okay, good show. Not in my list. Uh-huh. Um, so Beverly Hills Cop, I if I think is in my all-time favorite films. And again, because it's an action film. And again, the action starts right from the very start. The guy's in the back of a lorry. And actually, like, whatever is going on with the guy driving the lorry, like, he tears up an entire city. Like, it's, like, ridiculous, the rampage the lorry driver goes on. And you've got Eddie Murphy um, playing Axel Foley. And, he, oh, God, he's so fit in this film. Like, it's... I had such a crush on him. And... um. Yeah, so they're running around, like, just being that, like, that cop, but he's really funny as well, and he's got, like, all, like, the wise wise crap lines and things like that. Um, and, again, amazing theme music, like... Brilliant. And I hadn't seen it in years, and I put it on. Um, 
about nine to ten months ago because you'll probably remember this and at the very start of the film it's got the most fucking awesome everyone thinks about that that's that theme song that i just did perfectly note perfect but actually the start song it's the neutron sisters and it's such a good song and i watched it and i put it on my facebook to go tell me what this film is from and you guessed it, I think. I think you were straight in then. You went, oh, it's Beverly Hills Coppers. And I was like, yeah. But isn't that just like one of the best songs that ever starts a film? But it's feel good. Like you can't watch it without sort of laughing. Um, it's got a good baddie in it. And it's, yeah, it's just go, go, go. And I really like the fact that there's, I like all three of them. I know a lot of people don't like the third one. But I just like him. It's like, uh, 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 uh. Um, impossible to watch the film and not do that. Um, yeah, Beverly Hills Cop. Um, love it. Is Beverly Hills Cop 2 on your list? <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> um, no, I, I really like the film. Uh, I think it's very, very funny. I think it's, and I think that it could potentially get in my list of top 10 comedies, oh. um, but not in my list of top 10 actual. But no, I, again, I agree with everything you say. There's not an awful more I can add to it. I think that. I watched it quite late on. Probably didn't watch it till I was like in my mid twenties. So oh, wow. Sorry, go. I was gonna say I think when when I was younger, I think some of the the jokes and some of the the playfulness and some of the um, overarching themes, should we say, maybe not necessarily quite resonate with me. But I think watched it quite late. I um I had it really young, so I had it from about six or seven years old. But can you remember ITV used to put clean versions of older films on and I had the TV version of it right so I had I wish I still had it um, I had the version of Beverly Hill Cop where Eddie Murphy says get the hell out of here <laughs> and, says, and if you think that the whole part of the film is about the fact that they're hiding cocaine um, in shipments of coffee they don't say the word cocaine so like, that part of the film you just like all you know is he finds coffee grounds and I remember like I never just said like, what's wrong with that what's what's so bad about coffee um, and things like that but yeah the get the hell out of here and I remember there's about four or five different films that I had and I'd only ever seen the TV version of them. Beverly Hills Cop was definitely one of them. And then when I saw like the proper version of it, I was like, oh my God, he says, get the fuck out of here. And he says it over and over again. <laughs> um, another one is uh, I had the TV version, TV friendly version of Goonies. Now they don't obviously have to cut as much of Goonies out, but there's a the bit at the start where the guy's pretended to hang himself in his cell so they can break out of prison. Never had that in my version. Never saw that till I was about 26. And I was like, what's this bit of the film? They put the wrong film on. What's going on? But yeah, ITV, family-friendly versions of films, was a wondrous thing. 30-minute long films. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, but what, this is the weird thing, like, no swearing. They must not say the word cocaine, so we'll get rid of that. But we'll leave all the bit where people get shot. <laughs> So that's fine. That's fine for our younger audience to watch. Well, whatever floats their boat. We've got uh, Nadine Doris now in control of stuff like that. So we're on to a winner. Did you okay. know that kids sometimes watch stuff on YouTube and the internet has been around for 10 years? There you go. Yeah. She should listen to this podcast. She'll get a real idea of what pop culture is. Yeah, exactly. From 30 years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so you know, your number three was Beverly Hills Cop. Yes, and 
Number two, I've also previously talked about this, and I also don't. Oh, have you seen this? So my number two is Con Air. No, I haven't seen oh. Con Air. <laughs> That's a very long. Oh. I really want you to watch it so we can talk. I want you to watch it. Then I want you to listen to How Did This Get Made, the Con Air episode. Then I want you to go, Emma, I am ready and let's talk. Um, because it's just so bad. It's oh, it's just, but it's but it in an action film, it can't tick any more boxes. Because you've got quintessential action guy, you've got Nicolas Cage being kind of like, huh, I'm getting out of prison, but I'm fit on good behavior, but oh, I'm just gonna hitch a ride with like the other convicts, like the really bad ones who are so bad that they get taken on a plane and they're like <laughs> chained, chained into their seats. No um, no complimentary coffee for them. <laughs> So <laughs> literally handcuffed up. So it's just like, but then you like you talk about supporting cast. So you got Nicolas Cage, you got fucking John Malkovich for starters, who's like Cyrus the virus. So he's like the Uber Uber buddy. You got Steve Buscemi in there as well. And I'm sure you've got like near enough every convict on that plane is famous and is like a really good actor. So you got all that happening on the plane. Then on the ground, you've got John Cusack going around in a really cool sports car trying to find where the plane's going to be like where they're going to divert the plane to and things like that and it's got planes it's got fast cars um it's got guns it's got convicts it's got a teddy bear that needs to go to somebody's daughter um and then it's also got kind of people learning you know um redemption it's got everything but it's also terrible does it have snakes on the plane? Uh, only only snakes in a person. <laughs> and it's I'm not going to be as good as my number two choice then. Uh, um, I will do yeah. you a deal. I will watch Connor. I'm not watching Die Hard. I will watch Connor and I will listen to said podcast episode. Uh, and then I will get in touch and we will do a special bonus episode of Decapod discussing Connor. And how did this get made episode of Connor? Yes. Discuss both of them. What's what? Okay, deal. The, I appear yeah. to have to do nothing. This is good. No, oh. that's fine. You just turn up and talk con air. Oh, nice. Excellent. And I don't have to go and watch anything. No, yes. you get to get, I mean, it might help if you watch con air potentially, but you but get to watch your second greatest action film of all time. Awesome. Ah, oh, this weekend just gets better and better. Okay, we'll find uh-huh. out what your number one is and we'll, we'll reserve judgment till then. Very, very confident with my number one choice because my number one choice is speed. Good show. Good show. It's not on my top 10. Uh, I did do a bonus list of uh, <laughs> top 10 90s action films and it was on there. Um, but yeah, uh, I can't grumble with speed as being your top action film of all time at all. Again, I'm just a fan of like, when the when when an action film is like because I would put this as pure action film, I don't think many other genres come into it really. I mean, it's like cop drama a little bit, but like it starts off, people get in a lift. There's a bomb on the lift. 
So they have to save all the people from the lift. So there's like action involved in that bit. Then he gets on a bus and there's a bomb on the bus. And then they have to then divide the action then between the bus and making sure it doesn't blow up. And then you've got his partner going off and trying to sort of find out where like the psycho is. You've got a really, really good baddie who's got um, half a hand. <laughs> I feel like that kind of gives like this added thing of like this, like he's a baddie and he's he's bitter because he's like had this injury and stuff like that. Um and really good lines like um, pop quiz, hot shot, like all that kind of stuff. You've got Mac, who's like the boss. And then you've got Keanu doing all his own stunts, running alongside a bus and jumping onto the motherfucker. It's just like amazing. And I am doing a spoiler. I don't give a shit. The bus jumps a <laughs> gap <laughs> between on a freeway. <laughs> that is just impossible but it's amazing and like the physics don't work at all but they do it and it's amazing and I love that bit and I hold my breath every time I watch it and then he gets on a train and then there's action on the train because there's um, I don't think there's a bomb on the train but then the, the bad guy's on the train so there's action for that as well it is action 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 it's got a good looking front guy You've got lovely Sandra Bullock, who's also a bit action-esque in her role as well. It's got the smart lines. It's got the good baddie. It is ultimate de actione. When you were describing that, it was like you were reading a kid's book. It was like, Roger Red Hat and Billy Blue Hat went to dismantle a bomb from the lift. Then when they dismantled the bomb from the lift, they went to dismantle the bomb from the bus. Then the bus flew over the gap. <laughs> Maybe that's what I should do. I could narrate it. Could you, yes, new podcast idea for you. Just narrate <laughs> films in child children's book style. Yeah, get them animated. Yeah. Um, so that's that's three times we've spoke about speed now during the 90s. Uh, the, the episodes on the Canary special on this one. I believe we've got a Sandra Bullock special coming up soon. Speed could be the most talked about film ever ah, on yeah. Decapod. I pulled the face because I was like, oh, speed two. Oh, no, well, that'll be in 2000s, won't it, when mm. we cover that? I, I, I don't think I've ever seen it. Or if I have, I've kind of had it on it in background somewhere. So I think I'm actually going to take time to watch it because it's that notoriously bad. Mm. But no, good show. I couldn't grumble with any of them. So your top 10 were Top Gun, uh, Batman, Dark Knight, uh, Kung Fu Hustle, Indiana Jones, and The Last Crusade, Indiana Jones, Temple of Doom, Leon, Batman, Beverly Hills Cop, Connor, and Speed. Yeah. You do make a very good top 10 list. I'll give okay. you some credit. Well done. Okay. Uh, all right, shall I crack on with my final five? Yes. Okay, so number five uh, of my, my action films was uh, Rambo, First Blood. Uh, not seen it. It's Sylvester Stallone at his most camp, I think. Um, really? Oh, when he's got the guns firing and he's got sweat and stuff dripping down him. I mean, maybe there's scenes in Rocky where there's a bit of hugging going on, but I don't know. It's it's genuinely, it's an, I, I love, I can't know, I keep saying genuinely as if the other times I'm lying to you. you know, <laughs> genuinely, not, not lying this time. It's an absolutely brilliant film. And I think the first one is exceptional because it's like he only kills one or two people. 
it, there's a lot of action in it, but it's not like there's loads of death and gore, and then the 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 kill count progressively gets bigger and bigger as the films go along. But it's just uh, there's a really sort of strong message and a strong you know there's a sense behind the film. You know, he's 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 left the army. He's gone to this little town and they basically chase him out of the town for no reason. And then it all starts kicking off from there. And it's just, I think the story itself is brilliant. I think Sylvester Stallone, I mentioned this with um, someone we mentioned before, well, I've forgotten, but Sylvester Stallone is, a, I think, underrated as an actor. Again, he plays a certain role well, but that role, he does it brilliantly. You know, the way Keanu Reeves does John Wick or... Um, Whoever else Keanu Reeves plays, he does certain roles brilliantly, and and I think Sly does does this excellently, um, and I think it's an absolutely it's an amazing film, absolutely dark. Okay. Any, any comments on Rambo? Um, I just um, Sylvester Stallone. It's his voice that's a blocker for me because it's always like I don't like that. That's genuinely why I genuinely yeah. <laughs> that's why I like it because it's not polished. That's just how he is. That's how he talks. And I think I like it because it brings a sense of an almost a realism, a, a, a bit of brutal, you know, working class honesty to it. And I think it, it, it's awesome. It's not a polished voice. It's not having to put on an accent for the film. It's just that person. But he would do your head. He's like, oh, there's someone at the door. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, and I don't know why, but it doesn't do it in Rambo so much. It's more like the Rocky stuff. But when he gives all these sort of um, motivational, inspirational speeches, I think it works better because he's doing it in that voice. It doesn't sound, it sounds like he's talking from the heart. It never sounds like he's trying to trick anyone or con anyone. He's just telling you what he feels. And I think that when he plays that character, so you're, you're Rocky, um, you're Rambo, those sort of, sort of characters, I think it, it works a treat. Um, but yeah, I love Sly. I love uh, I love Rambo, um, and definitely the best Rambo film for me as well because it's just understated. Just, just I don't know. Just uh, interesting messages behind it. Um, yes, yeah, so that was number five. Number four, a film from nineteen fifty four called Seven Samurai. Now this oh, is a film. Okay, you're gonna it? do a fact. You're gonna do a fact. No. Okay. Have you got one? Mm. Go on. That's what the Magnificent Seven's based on. Did not know that. But I had been wanting to watch this film for ages and just never got around to it because it's three and a half hours long. And, you know, three and a half hours seems a long time to watch a film, especially one that's in subtitles. And then when I was looking for this list, it kept popping up and I thought, you know what? I'm going to watch it and see if it gets into my top 10. It's like within 20 minutes, like, yeah, this is in my top 10. It's an absolute masterpiece of filmmaking. I went back and read a little bit about it afterwards. It's like the film that inspired, like, George Lucas and Steven Spielberg. It's mm. one of, you know, when you watch it, you can see glimpses of that, especially sort of George Lucas films. But it's a it's, it's an absolute masterpiece. It's 1954. It's Japanese. It's about a village that keeps getting raided by these bandits and taking everything. So they basically go and try and hire some samurai warriors to protect them, but no one will do it because they've got no money. And eventually they convince one samurai to, to come with them just on the premise that we'll feed you. We've got rice and we've got this other stuff. We'll eat the other stuff. You have the rice. And then from there, this samurai manages to get another six samurai warriors to go on and it's just it's like the first third of the film is spent 
trying to get the seven together. Then the next third is spent with him kind of training, talking up the 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 the, the, the camp and stuff. And then the third third is defending against these bandits. And it's an absolute beautiful film. I had to pause. I couldn't do the full three and a half hours in one go, but I had to take a slight break. But it's just, I don't know, just the way it's played and the acting seems, it's hard to tell sometimes you don't know what they're actually saying. You can't hear the words. But like The physical acting looks really good on the large part of it. A lot of really good physical acting. There's some brilliant scenes in there. And there's one in particular where it's like you, you'd expect to see it in like um, a 1990s buddy cop movie where the, the, the bandits, free, they've got three guns, basically, and they're talking, so we need one of these guns. One at Samurai's, like this old chap goes, I'll go get it, and just walks off. And then, like, the next day, he comes back and he's carrying a gun, he gives him this gun and goes, I killed two. And just gives him the gun and then goes and lies down and has a nap. And it's like the most <laughs> badass thing I've ever seen. You don't get to see any of it, but it's like, this guy's fucking amazing. I want to be that guy. And it's just, yeah, if... And weird, I know I said I took a break in it, but it doesn't feel like three and a half hours. Mm. It doesn't. It, it goes quicker than the Titanic does. You know, it, it flies by. It's just this wonderful piece of, it feels like it's almost continuous story. It's like the, you know, the, the bit where they first get, it starts with the end of the first raid. That's where the film starts. And it doesn't feel like it stops. It, it obviously does, but it doesn't feel like it stops. And I could rave about this film. Uh, 10 out of 10 straight away. I could have easily put it anywhere in my top, not top spot, but anywhere in two, three, four, uh, and and that would have been fine. And if you think you can stomach a three and a half film, go and watch the Seven Samurai. It's, there's other films that I've now put on my list to go and watch because of that that I've never seen, but it's massive surprise to me and an absolute real treat. So I want to take a moment to thank you for suggesting doing action films because I probably wouldn't have seen this film if I hadn't. I think um, it'd be really interesting as well. Like you said, like it inspired Spielberg and George Lucas, but like that story arc is every Western film. So it's genuinely why they did The Magnificent Seven. But there's also a film called High Noon, and it's got that's got the same, a very similar story arc. It's just not collating a group, it's one guy. And then also, weirdly, and Rango, which is the animated film about a lizard. That follows the arc as well. Mm. Very, I've stuff like that really interesting. That's when I start nerding out because I love stuff like that. I love seeing where the origin comes from. And if you've maybe had every Western on the back of that film, that's really awesome. Yeah. I mean, at the time, they weren't cliches, but yeah. what now they are. So, like, there's the, the village elder who they go to to make the final decision. You know, yeah. it's that sort of stuff. He's got all these cliches. And then, um, they're worried, the farmers are worried that when the samurai come, they're going to sleep with their wives. You know, it's, it's all these cliches. I don't want to say, not necessarily saying that was the first film to do it, but it's like it wasn't a cliche at the time and it, it doesn't mm. feel like a cliche when you watch it because it's done differently. Uh, probably partly because it's a Japanese film. You know, it's obviously a, a different cinematic thing, but it... I don't know, I can't get my head around that it was 1954 because it doesn't feel like it at all. I mean, it's mm. black and white and, you know, some of the acting, the physical acting is a bit exaggerated, but it, it doesn't feel like it. It feels like it could have been made in the 90s and just done black and white. And uh, that's yeah. an amazing film. I would massively recommend it. Mm. All right, so that's number four. Number three, I debated over this one for 
seven minutes, right? Terminate. I'm still debating. Terminator Two Judgment Day. Okay. I think the first Terminator film is massively underrated. I think it's an absolutely phenomenal piece of storytelling. It's one of the greatest films ever made. Terminator 2 is slightly better, I think, in terms of an action film. But I, as I said before, the, like with the Indiana, Jones, Indiana Jones film, Rocky first, but I'm always drawn to the first one. They always seem a little bit more understated, and I think Terminator 2 does that. It's like, oh, so you did all this stuff in number one? Let's just beef it up a little bit. But I think it does it right. I think it has the right amount. It never goes over the top. It's just got this most amazing story with the most amazing cast. And it's a film that, I mean, you've said this before. I forget which film it was. It was a Tom Hanks film about Tom Hanks getting billing. Arnold Schwarzenegger gets billing on this as, as the Terminator. It's not, it's not, it's Sarah Connors. It's her, it's her film. She is phenomenal. She is absolutely amazing in this film. She is one of the, the greatest badass TV, uh, not TV, uh, film stars of all time. The, one of the greatest action film stars of all time. Not just this one, the first one as well, but she's absolutely tremendous in this. Even, scroll right down to the, the, I think it was the last Terminator film, when she come back and she must be 60 or 70 in that one. And she's still a badass in that. You won't <laughs> mess with her there. And I think that, there's obviously you got your your four main characters. And I forget the actors' names, but the Sarah Connors. You've got John Connor, um, uh, the Terminator, and the the other dude, the other Terminator. It's all Melty. Mm. It was name. Yeah, his name. Yeah, the Melty yeah, one. The Melty one. Robert Patrick. Is that his name? Anyway, um, they're all brilliant. I know they're playing robots, but they play robots well. And again, when you talk about Arnold Schwarzenegger at that stage. What was he designed to play? A robot. That's his perfect character. Yes, he did broaden a bit, and he played some brilliant comedic roles afterwards. Maybe one brilliant comedic role, but either way, uh, he played some brilliant roles afterwards. I still would love to do a Schwarzenegger special. No, you're not keen, but there's a few films there that I'd love to touch on, but I think they're more 2000 anyway. But it's like, I, I was looking at this, and so we had Terminator, we had Terminator 2 Judgment Day, there was Total Recall, Conan the Barbarian, all these films, even Red Sonja, and that doesn't get anyone's top 10, but I think that's a brilliant film, a very, very cheesy, but brilliant film. So any of those five films I could have could have thrown in, but I think this one just edges it. Um, and it's, some, again, some cracking dialogue in there uh, and just some of the effects at the time, you know, even when you watch it back now, the, the bulk of it stands up. There's that bit where, I maybe I'm getting mixed up with Terminator 1, actually where he's sort of peeling his face off and doing the robotics on his face and that. You can see just mm -hmm. about, you can tell now, but it's still good. You know, it's not like it's, it's, there's films made now with worse effects than that. You know, so, yeah, um, amazing film. I'm surprised it wasn't your number one. <laughs> <laughs> well, even though previously I told you I watched both of them to appease an ex-boyfriend. Yeah. Your, uh, your amazing love for Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> Um, but yes, that's my number three. Number two is a film with another, and probably the greatest, oh, I don't know, maybe the, the greatest um, sort of single film action hero of all time, uh, Aliens. Um, Sigourney oh, Weaver, who plays Ripley, yeah. is... Like Arnold Schwarzenegger is possibly the greatest action film star of all time. 
But in terms of an individual franchise, I'd, I'd have Sigourney Weaver up there uh, as, as Ripley. Um, Alien, I think, was in my top 10 horrors because uh, I know we spoke about this previously, but Alien is, is pure sci-fi horror. Aliens is pure sci-fi action, and it is pure action. It's unadulterated, pure action. And again, just... Uh, an absolutely tremendous performance by by Sigourney Weaver. There's some scenes in that. There's a scene where, oh, I'm going to butcher the description, but they're like in like a, a, a locked up room and there's all the aliens coming towards them and they've got guns, automatic guns, and all of a sudden the buns are, guns are rolling out of bullets, they're running out of bullets, running out of bullets, and they're getting, and then you just stop firing before they've run out, which means the aliens have stopped coming. Then it's silence. Then they suddenly realise they're coming from above and it's like, oh, no. shit, off they go. Um, yeah, I mean, there's some things about that film I don't like, but I was there. I don't know. There's a bit of a throwaway at the start. I'm not going to spoil because it kind of spoils Alien a little bit. But um, but no, it's. An, I mean, for me, these the four films I'm discussing now. So Seven Samurai, uh, Terminator Two, Aliens, and then my number one are all perfect films. Uh, they're just absolutely beautiful masterpieces. And I don't think you could make a film of that type any better again, ever. I think it's impossible. Have you seen Aliens? I can't remember. Yeah, I've seen them. Um, yeah, I have, but only once in a long, long time ago in a galaxy far away. That's not the film. I know it's <laughs> not the film. Um, yeah, so that's Aliens. So we come to my number one. Any ideas what my number one might be? Uh, no, it's throwing me. It's not Die Hard. Um, no. What about if I told you it was from 2021? Oh, no. No. I Have we done... Uh, would it also be something you've done a special on? Yeah. Oh, God. And why are you <laughs> getting grumpy at that? Because I always thought... The whole reason for doing that special was to get it out of your system. That doesn't mean I can't put it in my top ten. Oh, God. The, my favourite action film, and it's it's still debating whether it's my favourite film of all time or not. Still having that debate. Uh, it's Spider-Man No Way Home. It's absolute cinema gold, absolute masterpiece of storytelling. The, the climatic film to not just one series of films, but I think maybe two or three series of films that, you know, you think Endgame is the end to it, but oh no, we're going to take Endgame. We're going to step it up to this. It's um, It makes you reevaluate what cinema is when you watch that. I can't believe you're annoyed at the fact that I've got Spider-Man at my number one. I think I'm, all, I think I'm more annoyed at myself that I didn't figure that out. Obviously, now you've said it, obviously it is, obviously it is, and it's fine, but yeah, go on then, you okay. you, have a, you have a little chat about it, just remember you've got to keep, this one in particular needs to be spoiler free, Yeah, I know well, I do all the spoilers normally. But. Yeah, I'm not going to go too much into this anyway, because there is a an, an episode on it specifically, go check out the bonus episode on Spider-Man, and if you want the spoilerific version, check out the Patreon version, but... Um, I adore this film. My tagline for it was, it's better than boobs. It's the greatest thing my eyes have ever seen. It's um, it, Tom Holland is uh, and Zendaya and uh, the guy that plays the other guy is amazing. All the cast are phenomenal. Yes, there are parts of that film that make it good because of sort of specific things that happen. And I've read comments that that's a cop-out because you've done this. And it's like, no, that's the film. 
you know, that's the actual film, you know, it's whatever film it is, it doesn't matter what happens in it. It's not a cop-out, it's part of the film. And if you've seen the film, you know what I'm referring to when I say that. If you haven't seen the film, I've just confused you massively, so apologies. But um, again, I'm, I'm trying not to go too deep into this because it is still really new and uh, you can go and check out the, the, uh, the bonus episode. But yeah, it's... I think that from the minute the film starts, the minute the film finishes, it is an absolute masterpiece, absolute adore it, and I'm going to leave it there. Okay. Anything to, to say about Spider-Man No Way Home? Nope. Okay, cool. So that's my top 10. Uh, to- uh, I'm going to back with yours again, starting with Top Gun. That's not right. Uh, John Wick, Robocop, Enter the Dragon, Dirty Harry, Die Hard, Rambo First Blood, Seven Samurai, Terminator 2, Just One Day, Aliens, and Spider-Man No Way Home, uh, which on course, actually, I was uh, reading the other day, on course to be the, the, the biggest grossing film of all time. Yes, I, I, I saw a clip about that. And I genuinely think it deserves it. I get why it's not going to be everyone's cup of tea. Lots of people don't like superhero films. Uh, are you a, is it like Martin Scorsese that says that they're just crap action films? Um, See, that I don't agree with. He needs to get back. He needs to sit down because actually, so, you know, I've got personal reasons why I'm a bit like, no, not for me anymore. But I do actually believe as a genre, they absolutely have their place in cinema. And it really annoys me when people say shit like that about them, because if a film fulfills its genre or fulfills what it's setting out to do, it is a good film. And the thing that those films are really good at is entertaining people and entertaining a massive range of people from young kids right up to, um, you know, people in their, in their later years as well. It spans right across generations. And I think he's just a bit bitter because yeah. his films don't do that. So I will defend them from that perspective. I mean, it's another debate for another day, but I will just say, like, on yours, you've got superhero films in your list. And you could even, even put a claim in there. It's a, a loose claim, but as Indiana Jones being almost a superhero film, um, superheroes don't need to have superhero powers, a.k.a. Batman. But uh, the, the sort of point I was making with that is, whilst it may not be everyone's cup of tea, as a film, I don't think anyone could argue that's seen the film. They could argue that it's an absolutely tremendous cinema experience. You you cannot... It, this is the thing where, you know, when I say I'm reserving judgment, I'm quite right. I'd go into a top 10 list. I need to see it away from the cinema because mm. it is a proper cinema film, 100%. And until I step back and then watch it on DVD, when you haven't quite got that wow factor, um, and I think I've seen it three times now at cinema, and uh, I nearly went again today to see it. But either way. So, but yeah, I absolutely adore it. I think it's amazing. And uh, definitely for me, it was a weird one. Because like I say, I was trying to decide how many superheroes to put in. Because I'm, I love the superhero films. And I could have easily made a top 10 action films just of superhero films easily. But it's like, I didn't want to put loads in. I didn't know what I'd take out in place. But that one just was going in. Um, that was the, the the one that went down at number one before anything else. And it was only when I decided to actually include a superhero film that it, it went in officially, if that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so that's my list. Final thoughts on, on action films? Um, yeah, they're, um, they're, they're still not quite for me anymore. I feel like I, I kind of had my era where I liked them. I would agree with that. Uh, because if you look at my list, 
You've got like Robocop 87, Enter Dragon 73, Dirty Harry 71, Die Hard 88, Rambo 82, Seven Samurai 54, Terminator 91, Aliens 86. Now that's eight of the films there that were 1991 or, or prior. There's only John Wick and, and Spider-Man. Even when I look at my other list, a lot of those films are 80s and 70s as well. So yeah, I think that... I think that action films have essentially become superhero films largely, and that's not necessarily a bad thing. Uh-huh. Cool. Uh, all right, yeah, so that's that's action films. I hope we've uh, entertained you on Valentine's Day with our, our top 10 action films. Um, hopefully you've got some action yourself on Valentine's Day. Why didn't we use that at the start? Why didn't we use that as a way to tie it in? That would have been perfect. Why have we only thought of this now as I'm wrapping up the show? Should we re-record? <laughs> no, uh, yeah, hour and five minutes. Let's re-record. It'll be fine. Um, yeah, so I hope you've enjoyed that. Uh, be sure to check out our Patreon feed. Uh, go and, you know, pay a five for a month and see if you enjoy it over there, including the Top 10 Erotic Special, um, Emma's Top 10 Meat Market. We've got all the Friends series we're doing over there. We've got the Spider-Man's uh, Spoiler-Free Special. Uh, and then we've got other good stuff coming up as well indeed. Um, yeah, be sure to check us out on the socials. I will leave you to uh, to wrap us up nicely, Miss Morgan. Okay, okay, so that was the week that was action films. And yeah, so where did we go with this one? So we had quite a lot of doubling up. So we had like a, a smattering of Batman, but then sort of linking up in our list a little bit. So we've got Enter the Dragon linking in with Kung Fu Hustle. So we've got that martial arts side of action. Then also we've got um, a Harry being dirty, Rambo spilling first blood, um, and then robots um up to are they up to good or are they up to no good in terminator 2 and robocop but yeah robots also featured and uh, a few more like uh, the indiana jones um running away from his boulders uh, but hopefully running towards mine and then uh con air and speed that kind of quintessential kind of 90s action coming in there but then the ultimate, and I feel like this might be the way a lot of lists end up going, the ultimate film in the end for Terry was Spider-Man No Way Home. And there's probably going to be no way that we ever avoid this film again. But that was the week that was action films. My question is... Who's the well, dick? I can tell you. <laughs> was that too harsh? Yes. Yes, it was. <laughs>